Hi, this is Tom Dean. Hey, this is Freya Anderson. Hi, this is Dylan Carter. Hi, this is Sydney Pickram. Hi, I'm Duncan Scott, and you're listening to the London Raw Podcast. It went almost to the wire, but the Raw held off the fast-finishing Cali Condors to notch their first win of the 2021 ISL playoffs and take a big step towards the grand final. This is Steve from Pool Boy welcoming you to the London Raw Podcast, where we'll catch our breath and look back at a pulsating match in the company of Freya Anderson and Tom Dean. Katie's back on board this week, so let's head to Eindhoven and get into it. Joining us from Eindhoven, uh, Freya Anderson and Tom Dean. Uh, welcome both of you to the London Raw podcast. Great to have you back with us. Freya, coming to you first. Uh, great match just gone. Congratulations on the win. The, the team looked really up for it this week. Was there was there a big shift in mindset from last week that you, you wanted to, to get this one? Um, I'm not sure there was such a big shift. I think we were just very annoyed last week uh, just getting pipped um, but you know we just had to keep a level head um, and yeah just went into this match you know no pressure but I think we all wanted to win it definitely and Tom how has it been coming into the team and straight into an intense competition like this after your post-Olympic break yeah it's been quite difficult I had a very long break after the Olympics I didn't do Naples um, ISL because um, I was still on my break at that point. So coming into, you know, back-to-back racing with not much work behind me is always going to be tough. I always knew it was going to be tough. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was hoping to kind of rest up throughout the competition and and, and that's my, you know, still my plan. But um, yeah, it's always hard going back-to-back, you know, 400 free, 400 IMs off the back of no work, um, you know, and a very, very long summer break. Um, so I knew it was going to be tough, but, you know, I, I just knew what I was getting myself in for. And we know that you had a disruptive preparation last year. Um, it might be that you haven't been back long enough to, to kind of know this yet, but how are you finding it this time around? Okay. Sort of getting back into training and racing and, and hopefully staying healthier than you were able to, you know, for the first part of last year. Yeah. So last year, obviously, I had a, a four or five week build before I got my first bout of COVID. And then obviously I had to isolate. Um, so I had a bit of work behind me coming into the competition, um, even though I had had the 10 days off. 10 days, two weeks off leading into Budapest. Um, I still had a block of work behind me. And this time it's very much the case of I'm not coming in right off the back of a break. You know, I've had a few weeks of gentle kind of build back in, but the 10 weeks I had off post-Olympics was always going to take its toll. um, And, you know, it requires a a long kind of gradual build up to get back to race fitness levels. Um, And and that's what I found um, at this ISL compared to last year. Okay, well, it's great to see you back, uh, back competing for the Raw. Let's let's bring it back to the to the match, Freya. Um, it was really exciting for everybody watching. Obviously, uh, you know, it, it swung to and fro. The, the, you know, you had a big lead after day one, and then and then Cali were coming back. Um, were were you ever worried in the in the team that, that they would sneak past you, or, or was there a confidence in the in the box watching? I think there was a slight confidence. I mean, with the ISL especially like towards the end of the last session, a lot can change because you have, you know, a big relay and the 400 IMs and then skins. So it can always like completely flip the match. Um, But pretty much we just wanted to get ourselves ahead of LA. Um, So Cali, you know, obviously they are the ones to be, um, you know, we would have liked to have won the match, which we did, um, but we didn't, I don't know, 
it was kind of a surprise, but I think it was a definitely, we were all quietly confident, I think. And it, it's always seemed to us watching from outside that, that day two has been, you know, the weaker of the two days for the team. Is that something that you you talk about in advance or you're conscious of? Um, yeah, kind of. Steve is just telling us just take one day at a time uh, and just treat the second day, you know, as if it was the first day of competition. Um, so, yeah, you just have to sort of forget about what's happened on the first day, whether it was good good or bad, and just, you know, go again day two. Tom, you mentioned the, the 400 IMs, uh, jumping back into those. That's right at the end. Um, how aware are you of the match situation, um, you know, going into that race? I mean, do you know how how tight it is? I know there's TVs in the in the you know, the courtroom and stuff, but how much do you pay attention to that, you know, before your race? Um, I wouldn't say I pay much attention to the club standings uh, going into my actual race. They do show them after every um, swim, you know, where everyone's sitting, but regardless of whether we're in first place or fourth, you know, I'm still wanting to go in and do the best job I can and, and execute the race I want to execute. Um, like you said, Fauna is at the back end of that day. Um, so I'm able to finish that get out uh, and just kind of get in the box in time to watch the skins, which is always exciting. Um, you know, like Freya said, the back end of the competition, the points can swing so much because of how heavily weighted the skins are. Um, so it's always exciting being able to get in the box and watch that. Um, but I mean, you look at the 400s and they're starting to become even more tactical with the new rules that are being brought in. Uh, and there are more points that can be, um, that can be scored there. So I'm not, you know, the club standings don't dictate how I execute my race. Um, I want to go in and kind of do the best job I can. Um, but, you know, it's always in the back of my mind. And Freya, a PB for you in the 400 free. You must be really pleased with the way you've been swimming in Eindhoven so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think in the first match when I went at 401, which was just on my PB, like I, I just didn't know where that came from. Like I, I was sort of coming into this, um, the playoffs, like thinking that my sprints were going to be really good because I was training really well sprints and training and stuff and like my speed was there um, but it's been the other way around I don't know why that is but it was definitely a nice surprise to get a PB as well especially in the last match and Tom was just talking about um, the checkpoints and, and how many points there are up for grabs in those 400s now did you have specific tactics around the checkpoint um, not really I remember the first 400 me and Katie did it together and we were just talk, we were like I don't know how to race this I don't know how I'm going to race it um, and we both sort of just decided, oh, let's just try and have a pop at the checkpoint points um, and just try and hang on. So like, that's what was going through my head, really. Just get to that 100 and then try and just keep the rhythm for the rest of the race. Um, and yeah, it's quite a nice tactic, I think. Just go out and hurt yourself and just see if you can hang on. <laughs> and But, you know, you mentioned there you thought you were going to be you know, more of a sprinter, but you, you've come up in the, in the longer races. That, that maybe has meant you've done fewer relays. Um, is that something you're missing? Um, yeah, I guess I am missing them a bit. I rem- my relays uh, last year in Budapest were really good. Um, and obviously it is really fun being part of the team. Um, but with my 400 being all right, it's so close to the women's medley relay. So, you know, they'd rather rest Emma for that. So she's fresh. Um, I think I did one time in uh, Naples where I did a 400 and then I did the medley relay like five minutes later and it was horrific so yeah but I am missing the relays <laughs> <laughs> well perhaps uh, as tactics evolve maybe we'll see you do a couple more of those uh, Tom talking of PBs we uh, we saw you in a couple of events that you've not swum for a little while 
200 breaststroke and, and 50 fly. Uh, by my reckoning, a couple of second PBs in both of those. Yeah, I was over the moon to knock a few seconds off my time from when I was 15 years old. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it was, it, was good, mean it. <laughs> it was good fun. It was good fun swimming some other events. Um, I think because of where I am in terms of um, my fitness levels uh, and the times I'm going on my main events at the moment, um, my job's very much, um, you know, swim certain events to rest other people. Um, so they're able to kind of hit some quick times uh, and get some big points. Um, which is just another job uh, that I've got to do on the team. Um, you know, obviously I'd like to be swimming um, close to my best times on my main events, but, you know, you know I, I never expected anything else when I was coming in off the back of, you know, two, three weeks work and, and a big break. Um, but yeah, so my job for the last match was was very much, you know, placeholder on events that we maybe weren't as strong on, resting certain people. Uh, and it was very much a, a tactical decision. Um, but yeah, you know, it's always good fun getting chucked in something a bit different. Um, I have to remind myself on that two breaths when I hit the water to do a breaststroke pullout because I haven't hit the water and done a breaststroke pullout for years. So I was a bit nervous. I might just hit and I know go 200 free pace or something. So I have to remind myself of that. <laughs> well, you managed that well. So uh, congratulations on uh, on those personal bests. Um, Freya, you, you talked about being quietly confident that you'd get the result um, earlier. So, so what was the mood like afterwards? I mean, you know, the team looked, Please in in the box when the you know when the uh, when the last skins uh, went through and, and the result was confirmed. But I kind of got the impression it was more you know a sense of satisfaction at a job well done than a you know massive excitement. I mean, is that is that fair? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, like we are only in the playoffs. Like you can't get too excited about a win, um, especially when we've got we only have another three days until our next match. So you just sort of have to. Like, yeah, accept the result, you know, you can be happy, but always go back and look at what you can work on and just try and look forward instead of, you know, reflecting too much on the weekend, especially with the tight turnaround and the fact that we'll um, be meeting Cali again in the final. So just got to remain level-headed. And great for Duncan to finally get um, an MVP award too, which I think is London's first one. Um, the rest of the team looks so pleased for him. Tom, do you think that's something that meant a lot to him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, getting the MVP as someone who's not done the skins is an achievement in itself, I think, because of how, like I said, how um, heavily weighted the skins are in terms of points, being able to achieve that and not being a skin swimmer is really, really impressive. Um, I mean, you know, he's not someone who's doing 53, 50 fly, you know, 100 free, something like that. He's doing, you know, he's doing 400 frees, 400 IMs, um, 200 IMs. He's doing big events and still being able to walk away with um, MVP from that match is really impressive. Uh, and it shows, you know, obviously he's got that degree of versatility, which is really important in a competition like ISL. Uh, and it's very valued within the London team. And uh, I think that was a very well-deserved MVP. Uh, and yeah, you can see how much it meant to, him and the whole team. Yeah, terrific for Duncan to, to get that that spot. So uh, well deserved, as you say. Um, let's let's switch around and look forward to your your next match, which comes up quickly. Uh, you've got LA Current again, obviously as your as your pairing, uh, but you you match up against Energy Standard and, and DC Trident as well. Freya, you've you've never beaten Energy, but um, you obviously came very close in the, the prelims in Naples. Um, you uh, looking forward to the challenge of having another go at them this week. 
Yeah, definitely. I, sp- I think with energy as well, they've got insane uh, freestyle women. So it's. I hope I can hold my own against them all. But um, I don't know, just coming together as a team, I think it's just going to be the most important. Um, and yeah, just not to get too carried away with trying to beat them. I think just try and do as best as we can, um, get through, and then you know you can focus on trying to beat them again in the final. And you'll get to test yourself against probably the best female freestyler in the league at the moment in, in Siobhan Hawhey. How do you feel about that? Um, I guess it's quite it's quite nerve-wracking. I mean, she's obviously an amazing athlete. She's been throwing down some pretty fast times, especially um, her 200 in the last match. You know, it was so close to the world record. Um, but yeah, I think I'm a bit nervous, but hopefully I can manage to hold my own and hopefully get a few points in for the team. Um yeah, just try and stay calm. I think we talked to you last year on this podcast about um, how, like, how much you were back-ending your races, and it looks. I don't know if it's a, an impact of the the sort of um, what's it called, check, uh, the checkpoint um, points, or are mm. you are you consciously racing a little bit more differently because you've sort of been leading from the front a lot of the times in the two hundred and four hundred that we've seen you do so far. Yeah, I don't actually even know where that's come from. I think. Part of it is like going back to the Olympics and my 203 in the semis, but I completely messed up my race and I didn't go out fast enough. So it just didn't stand a chance in that field. I think it sort of stemmed from that a bit, like just trying to have no regrets, no holding back and just try and get out um, and just try and hold on really instead of trying to come through and like fight to the end. I think just try and get out and dominate, especially in the 400 where you've got the checkpoint points. I think that makes a bit of a difference. But yeah, I don't know where that's come from. <laughs> it definitely seems to be working so far. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thinking about energy again, Tom, we gather from uh, from Steve Tigg that, that James Gibson gives gives Rob Woodhouse a bit of stick about the fact that uh, that London haven't beaten him. Is that is that something that gives you extra motivation? Yeah, I think, like you said, if the fact that we've not beaten them, um, obviously it's something we're really driven to do. Um, but I think uh, it'll just take, you know, another excellent team performance, like the one we we kind of executed on the weekend. Um, tactics obviously play a big role in it. And I'm sure, you know, uh, Tiggy will be analysing the team and the roster and, and, and kind of um, choosing the strategy that will... That will um, kind of work best against energy but like Freya said it's all about the final um, next week that's what it's all building towards so um, you know if we don't get them in a few days time I'm sure we will next weekend and uh, you know you've obviously you know you, you have said you you want to swim better yourself I mean and Steve will look at the tactics do you think there are areas as a team that you can still improve on from the last match um, I think uh, as we get closer to the final, um, he'll prioritise certain swimmers in certain events to rest them and make sure it's, you know, tactically we're getting the most points from those uh, events that are slightly more weighted um, in terms of the number of points we can get from the team. There's so many factors that, that play a role in it. You've got your own team uh, and how everyone's swimming within the team. Um, you've got uh, the other members of the other teams and um, kind of how people match up London compared to them. And then you've also got which events are more heavily weighted in terms of the points. There's a lot of factors that that kind of affect um, our roster and the strategy that we're going to take. Um, you know, I think as a swimmer, it's very much a case of 
leave that to the coaches. You know, I'm of the mindset that I'll do what I'm told to do, and I'm, I'm I know that they've got their the best interests of the team at heart. Um, uh, and that's kind of the the approach I take. But yeah, it's definitely a, a very tactical um, decision choosing who's going to swim what event. Well, we have fun uh, pouring over the start list to see see what uh, what's going on. So uh, we'll look forward to doing that again uh, this week. Um, Frey, you mentioned the really short turnaround between matches. Um, how's that affected what you're doing in training this week? Um, well, our training anyway is sort of just um, holding ourselves up, really, like a bit of an aerobic base, and then using the racing as a sort of our anaerobic work. Um, so sort of on Sunday to Monday, just wind down. I took the day off. Um, and then today, two sessions, and tomorrow just one session. So, yeah, it's it does come round very quickly. Uh, but I think it's just all about getting that rest in, I think, personally for me, definitely. Um, just getting a bit of rest and trying to freshen up for the next match. Tom, do you think we'll see you do any more unexpected events this week? Um, it, uh, you know, for all I know, I'll be putting the, the long jump next week or something. It's going to be a bit <laughs> crazy. I'll do anything that's thrown at me, really. Um, but yeah, it, it, it depends. Um, like I said, if I was if I was fresh and uh, rested and I had a block of training behind me and I was on my my, my best times, then I'm, I'm sure I'd be um, one of the swimmers who is focusing on doing their main events. But, you know, if it's if it's required of me to, to swim certain events to rest people, then that's what I've got to do for the team. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's a team game, so uh, absolutely exactly. need, needed. Needed. So uh, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing that. As I said, um, let's let's move on briefly. We like to have a bit of fun on this podcast where we can. Um, so we've got some some quick fire questions for you, just to uh, find out a bit about you and your your teammates um, and and how your relationship with those is is building. Um, it's a it's a feature you know, we we call raw material because you know this mm. is your number one podcast for lion based puns. Um, you know where to get them. Uh, Katie has got, uh, I think, three. Is it three? Uh, three and then a bonus question for Tom. All right, excellent. Three questions for mm. you. Uh, just a bit of fun. Uh, let's go with question number one, Katie. Okay, so question number one, I think it's going to be quite difficult for you both to answer because you're annoyingly seem to be good at almost all events as far as I can see. But um, what would your nightmare event selection for, um, for, for an ISL matchup be? Um, coming to Freya first. Mine would definitely be some kind of backstroke events, probably 200 back. Uh, obviously, 200 fly. Um, yeah, they would. that would not be a pretty sight. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Yeah, actually, my answer is literally almost identical to Freya's. Anything involving backstroke uh, and then, you know, getting rinsed in a 200 fly wouldn't be too much fun either. So they're probably along the same lines, to be fair. Right, we we'll look forward to seeing you in one of those events this Saturday. So this Thursday and Friday, Okay, next so question. question number two, we'll come to Tom first on this. Which a team member on the London World roster would you choose as an ally in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, a zombie apocalypse. Oh, probably Dylan. Size of him, he'd definitely be scrapping those zombies. So yeah, I'd definitely pick Dylan if I had to go for one guy on the team. Good choice. So if Dylan's taken, Freya, who's your pick? Um... Oh gosh! Ed the shred. <laughs> Shredwood. I'd probably <laughs> pick. Oh Guido. Oh He'd definitely yeah, be good. He yeah Guido. He's wise as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very wise, very strong. 
That's there very we go. sharp. He's a big man, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Casey? question number three. Um, we've seen on the London War Instagram last week that um, Katie Shanahan was crowned the London War Dive and Glide Champion 2021. I think I've got that right. It looked like she won at the end. Mm-hmm. So off the back of this, we wondered if if you could steal one skill from one of your London War teammates, what would it be? And it doesn't have to be in the pool. So if like Kyle is a amazing at making a souffle or Annie Laser can <laughs> like talk to dolphins or something you can steal any of those skills is there anything you've seen that you would want to steal coming to you first Freya um, oh, oh gosh okay. this is hard I need a lot of time to think about this um, we can go to Tom if he's got something ready you got anything ready Dina I've got an idea yeah I've got an idea go oh, on then okay. um you might have to come back to me okay. <laughs> we'll um, go to Tom first I'm gonna go back to King Guido again but I found out the other day that you can actually speak five languages, oh, which yeah, is yeah. a feat in itself. So I feel I always feel a bit like, you know, a bit of a mug that I can only just speak English and everyone just has to speak English around me. We've got so many people, you know, who can speak so many different languages on the team. So I'd definitely take that skill from him if I could. You know which five? Uh, you can speak Portuguese, Spanish, English, French and Italian. Wow. Well, very impressive. Very impressive. Any ideas for you? I'm not too sure, you know. I might have to be boring and just be like, oh, I would take um, something to do with like swimming. Someone who has good speed in turns. Probably Emma. I'd take her speed. <laughs> uh, well, I think there are lots of people who would uh, would steal that given yeah. half a chance. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, very good. Uh, one more, one bonus question for Tom. So as, as Olympic champion Tom Dean, um, the question which I think everyone in the world wants to know is, were you asked to switch on the Maidenhead Christmas lights this year? <laughs> I was, you know. You were. I was. I was. I was asked to switch on the Christmas lights, but unfortunately, I am out here in Hotel Nine on. So I had to turn down the greatest opportunity in my life, unfortunately. Maybe. Well, there's the there's plenty lights. more in your career, so I'm sure you'll be asked That's again. True. Hopefully, <laughs> so that would be an honour. <laughs> never let it be said that we don't ask the important questions on this exactly. podcast there we are good right well we will let you go very shortly i just wanted to ask quickly um about world short course you're both headed off there um after the isl finishes uh i'm i'm thinking uh Freya, this isl sort of playoffs is actually quite a good preparation for that yeah definitely i think it's a good opportunity to like refine your race skills um we're, and we're sort of resting down for the final, so then hopefully we can bounce on to the world short course. And originally, I was actually only meant to be doing 100 and 200 out there, but I think the other day I texted Dave, like, um, my coach, can you get me in for the 400? So <laughs> it'd be an, another opportunity to sort of get them get, get that time down. Fantastic. And Tom, you know, you said you're, you're really only getting back into things now. What are you hoping to get out of the world short course? Yeah, similar to Freya, I'm hoping I can use this block of racing and Eindhoven almost like a training block, uh, an anaerobic block almost, if you will. And hopefully that will be enough behind me to rest down and race well in Abu Dhabi. Um, you can kind of get away with it short course. There's no hiding long course. You know, I couldn't go into a, a, a proper world's um, long course without having a block of work behind me, but you can kind of get away with it a little bit more short course. Um, so that's kind of the approach I'm taking and targeting hopefully some quick swims out in uh, the Middle East. Well, we'll look forward to seeing what you can do there. But um, before that, we'll wish you uh, every luck for your matchup against uh, Energy this week. 
So uh, good luck for that. And hopefully we'll see another raw victory. Thank you very much. much. Hope so. I am Kira Toussaint, and this is the London Roar podcast. Well, it was a terrifically exciting match to watch, Katie. London surging into a big lead and then being pegged back progressively through the second day before sealing it at the end. Um, some things to pick out. Duncan Scott, who was MVP, the guys were really pleased for him. Obviously, he set a British record in the, the 100 IM on that way, but he's just so amazingly consistent, isn't he? Yeah, I think we're um, incredibly lucky to have him. I mean, the, the whole the whole experience really is making me realise how many um, incredibly versatile swimmers there are both sort of worldwide and, and on the London World roster. But I think Duncan really stands out as one of those who can not only do a lot of swims, but he can do a lot of big as in sort of, you know, he's not just doing a load of 50s, he's doing 400s, he's doing 200s and he's doing them back to back and they're all incredibly, incredibly fast. So I think he's a... He's a real, we're really lucky to have him on the on the roster. Well, we're fully paid up members of the Duncan Scott fan club. <laughs> so we look forward to seeing him uh, again this week. Shout out to Christian Diener, who also set two German records in the, in the, um, the match just gone. And I think symptomatic of everyone kind of raising their level of performance after that first match, Katie. I mean, Sydney and, and Kira told us last week, everyone was a bit angry. Um, Freya said it there. They just wanted to be better and, and everyone came up this week. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there has been quite a, I think coming off the end of the the prelims round when everyone had sort of settled in, the first match was probably always bound to be a bit of a, a difficult one. Everyone's at slightly different places again. They've they've all they've sort of been out of the team environment and they've all just got to jump back in and race in the format, which is still quite new to everyone. Um, so it's not surprising to see them move it on um, this week. But I think, you know, the the extent to which they did that um, just showed, I think, the frustration of last week's result. And uh, and Tom talked about tactics. We know from speaking to Steve Tig uh, a couple of times this series already that, that he likes to to think about it deeply, run simulations and all those kind of things. But it feels like the tactics are kind of bedding in a little bit. There was a uh, some different approaches to the relays. You know, um, really going for the win and the big jackpots and some of them. But then in the ones where they didn't think they could win two more balanced teams to try and keep them both in the middle of the pack and avoid getting jackpotted. So there's some interesting um, things coming out as the, as the season develops. Um, and I know you, you've you seen a number of races where somebody's going for the win and maybe the second person is is a filler, you know, a bit like Tom in the, you know, in, the, in those events, um, just swimming to try and avoid the cutoff and and um, and filling that lane. But, but maybe, maybe that's not the best way. I mean, we far be it from us to tell Steve Tig how to pick the team, but uh, but you know, yeah, an I mean, tactic. it must be. I just can't even imagine how much work must go into devising the team every week, um, especially now we've got things like jackpots in there. Now we've got checkpoints, all of those, um, and and it's going to be so different against every team. And and I think the first round match, it looked like we were just trying to win all the relays. Um, this this match felt a little bit different and and to be fair on day one I was watching it thinking oh I don't think we're doing very well here and, and you had to tell me that we were winning so you know it, it is so tactical um I felt particularly on day two that our tactics seemed to be well let's just win and and sort of let the second person take take care of themselves which I think can work sometimes but if if you're really if you're just getting nine points for the win and then sort of you're jackpotting your second person or you know they're getting one point is that as good as getting maybe like second and third um but I mean yeah it blows my mind trying to 
trying to put myself in Steve Tiggs' shoes and, and think about how on earth he picks that team every week. And we, when we saw really for the first two matches how the impacts of the other teams um, yeah, plays out because um, Toronto stole loads of points from London because they're very strong in events that London's strong at where the, the other teams this week were not. So uh, it will be different again coming into this next match with Energy who will probably have a load of jackpots. Shimanovic will jackpot every everyone within sight in all the breaststroke events. Um, and, and so the balance will be different again. It's a big challenge for them um, this weekend. Uh, they're really going to have to up again their, their level of performance, I would think, but surely, no, they're almost certain of making the final, and presumably we would like to think them they want to make a statement this weekend against. Yeah, Energy. I think I think it would be really great for them to go into the final with something very close with Energy, or maybe even a win over Energy under their belt. Um, and because I think it it feels like people are talking about um. Cali and about energy in terms of the top two spots and I don't think that's I don't think that's set in stone I mean we showed this week we've beaten Cali um so you know I think Raw is is definitely in there as a contender um and I think maybe they'd like that to be a bit clearer in everyone's mind before they go into the the final um we hope um I would I would be quite up for uh kidnapping our our two um absent male breaststrokers and, and getting them forcibly to Eindhoven. So, you know, if anybody's up for helping me with that, obviously we won't do that. Um, but that would be great if we could maybe get one of them over. But I don't think we've got any news on that yet. No, I think it's uh, increasingly unlikely, I think is what we will we'll put that uh, likelihood in. Um, well, we look forward to seeing how that match pans out. I think it'll be another exciting one. So uh, that's coming up Thursday, Friday this week. Um, but uh, I think we will draw this podcast to a close at, at that point. Um, and we'll be back next week to see what happens and talk through what happens um, in that match. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Boy or on Instagram at UK if you want to send a question or a comment. And I've seen a few come in while we've been recording this podcast, in fact. So uh, I shall be on replying to those shortly. But um, send me an email at uh, poolboy.co.uk forward slash contacts if, uh, if you prefer. But uh, until next week, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the London Raw podcast by Paul Boy. For more episodes, visit www.paulboy.co.uk slash raw.